Cannabis Coffee Hour. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I'm your host, Rob Cantrell. I have an exciting episode, a caffeinated episode. I'm going across the nation. I'm talking to a very funny, talented, musical motherfucker from Detroit, but he's in LA making dreams happen. Please give it up for Vince Averill, everybody. <laughs> Rob, man, thank you so much for having me on here, dude. This is good. This is good times. Dude, thank you for getting on here. Thank you for coming on. I love seeing your face. I love seeing yeah. the wallpaper. <laughs> I did the Detroit hat. Uh, and then I did the intro. Uh, I'll just want to plug a couple things. Now, Vince just, uh, in his youth, he ran a record label for hardcore music. And now he's has a new band in L.A. called Cross Control that just released a dope album. I was just pumping it. Get it on Spotify, mix it up in your bullshit and fuck with it because if you like hardcore, it's done really well. Congratulations, Vince. I listened to it and I've recorded music myself and just off the top, like it sounds good. Like this product that you made sounds really good. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, we we linked up with a guy out here, you know, I, because I've been involved in hardcore for so long. When I got out here and wanted to try to do something, I just reached out to a buddy and was like, where where's the spot to record? And we went up to this house up by uh, up by Magic Mountain Amusement Park and the dude just knew what he was doing. It's like like, you know, when you go in a studio and you want to do a certain thing, if the person who's there either has no idea or doesn't care to <laughs> help you you're not going to be able to achieve what you're trying to do. And so this dude knew the kind of music we wanted to play and had done it himself. And so it was, it just worked real good, you know? Yeah. I know that, that, that situation making music, making a project, you have like an engineer. It's a lot like filmmaking with the directors and writers and anything creative that you're dealing with other cats and egos. Uh, it gets tricky. So if you have somebody behind the spaceship that is cool and knows what he's doing, meaning the engineer that, was it a classic four track situation or was it a kid with a laptop mini and a bunch of fucking cords going everywhere? Like it, new school. We, I, th I think this guy, um, I mean, it was definitely all, it was all computer, whatever. I don't know what program he was, who he was necessarily using, but it was a thing where I think some of the guitars we did, um, you know, ran through like we're running through a head, but not, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't a live it wasn't a live situation in that way. Um, but the other tricky part about being, you know, recording music when you're not, uh, you don't have a huge budget or whatever is sometimes you'll just get a person if, if you're unlucky who doesn't even give a shit, yeah. right? You like, you've rented studio time and they're just like, they're not really helpful at all in trying to like get what you're trying to do. But, but this was, this guy was cool. It was in his house. And he was, yeah, it was much more computer-based. How many songs did you bring? Or did you just bring the one like, hey, can, let's see if this thing fucking works. Can you do Oh, so that, so the song you're talking about is called Outrage Culture, which is the, um, which is the Outrage title track Culture from the. Control. Everybody check it, just another step, but I just listened to it and it, it, it the, the, the guitars did sound like Metallica. Like, I'm not saying it has a hardcore, it has a hardcore rhythmic, like it has that but the guitar, I was just impressed how fucking juicy the shit sounded. Yeah. 
so we did um uh six songs that are on that record and then since the quarantine right before the quarantine we did two more we started to instead of trying to record everything at once we were going to just start recording sort of piecemeal until we got everything together so we had two other songs that since the quarantine started and it was like we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen we've actually dropped those as well i think one of them is on spotify and the other one's on Bandcamp. but anyway if you look up cross control la you, you can find it all so i think there's like a total of eight songs floating around in uh, around in the universe at, the t- at this time you know yeah man i i dig the project man i'm proud of you i'm proud of you Thank when i listened you, to it i was just like fuck yeah grabbed this ball <laughs> stepped up and knocked it out that was your dream to be a hardcore mother you know that music yeah. i was talking to how I got, I mean, I've always, we've been friends. Vince started, well, started in Detroit comedy, yeah. but I met you in New York and you mm-hmm. were running a room close to the Lower East Side at this place called the Beauty Bar. And that's where we first met in New York doing stand up. Yeah. Um, and you were always, yeah, you were always cool. You have that, there's something about the Midwest. You're a Midwest yeah. guy. You're not a pussy, but <laughs> you are nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're nice, uh, but not. I'm don't don't. I'm not going to get pushed around, but I am a nice guy. Get pushed around. You might be in a hardcore band. You might have a cousin in ICP. So you, you, yeah. you probably know how to work a butterfly knife if I gave it to you. Uh, yes. But uh, at the same time, whereas New York, they're just dicks. <laughs> yeah. No, they are. Yeah. I'm here. I love New York. I'm all about New York, and this is a whole different vibe. But I, I was just trying to paint a picture to everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then, then you be, and then you, your career took you to L.A., and you started in, in hardcore bands first, or was comedy? Yeah. So, so, so I got into hardcore in like early high school, so 90, 90, 91, something like that. And then when I graduated, I used the money from my graduation party to fund the first record I put out. So I was running a label. I wasn't in, actually making music at that time. So I. I was putting out records for a bit and then i think in that time around when i was like am i going to try to do comedy or try to do something i just i don't want to have a real job i then had the my first band that i did called beautiful new in like 2002 well actually there, yeah there's a couple bands i did in that time period that are lost to the annals of time but um yeah. And so then it, it sort of went dark. And then I started putting out records again, sometimes for comics like Jesse Pop or I did a, a Matt McCarthy thing and um, Joe DeRosa I've done. And and so then I started to do some more records. And so when I got to L.A., I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to do a band. And so then I just started, you know, hey, like, I know you do this. Do you want to try to link? And, and I was just like, we're just going to do a project. We'll just make a seven inch. Yeah. But then, of course, you get in there and you start doing it and you're into it. And so then we only played a couple shows. But um, if, if this shit hadn't happened, I think we'd be we'd be rolling, you know, I think you're going to be rolling, dude. You're already rolling, my man. Uh, <laughs> I think during this pandemic, any time you're fucking waking up and you're alive and you don't got the 19, man, you're doing all right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, yeah. and, and I think the project's dope. And you also have help. And you've been doing this podcast with this other comedian, Matt McCarthy, who mm-hmm. I also know. He's yeah. more of an actor comedian, but he does some stand-up albums and he's funky and funny and he's into the dead. Check him out. But you guys do a podcast called We Listen to Wrest or We Watch. We watch Yeah, we wrestling. watch wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, that that really that, hardcore if you listen to it. If you just yeah. went old school radio. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> the uh the top rope. <laughs> what's he doing what's he doing now i can't tell oh, um, he's got a chair. 
<laughs> the headlock's just not the same when you can't Are see it. Are they busting dudes with chairs still? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> chairs. Are they still cutting foreheads? Are they still? You know what? That has that has gone away a bit. Ah. It still happens here and there on the fringes. But like, the you know, WWF, WWE, they kind of have they kind of have naysayed it. So once in a great while, if it's like a dude who's got enough stroke that he doesn't not going to get in trouble and he wants to do it, he'll blade. But otherwise, the blood is kind of gone. Dusty from, Rose's uh, second uh, cousin is out there blading. Dusty oh, Dusty dude. had the gnarliest forehead. Okay, Vince, just to tell you my wrestling background. Yeah. First, I Greco-Roman wrestled since I was in the third grade, third in the state Ooh. in Virginia. Uh, one of the top wrestling coaches lived across the street. That's how I know it. But also, I'm from the South, so it was Buena Vista. I was born in Washington, D.C., and then we moved. My dad died, and we moved down south to a small, hardcore, blue-collar town of 5,000 called Buena Vista, Virginia, which is in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I was born in 72. So this was about 84, 86. And we had the Superstation, TBS. Ooh. So what we had was what was called, and the kids won't know, but you will because you're a scholar. We had NWA, mm -hmm. National Wrestling Association. Alliance. Tony Shivana. Tony, Sh what's his name? Tony, Tony Shivani. Yes, Tony. I now I saw like they would show it every day. That's what people don't understand. The Superstation would show these clips, and it would be in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and it was a small southern regional wrestling that did most of the South and Florida, and a little bit of Midwest. But it wasn't Hulk Hogan. This was I was raised on Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, uh, the yeah. Road Warriors, uh, Thunder. What, what was that? What was their big thing? Thunder. Thunder uh, Arcade was that oh, Starcade, yep. Starcade, yeah, and they, they had Clash of Champions. WF, and yeah, I, I never fucked with Hulk Hogan. I thought it was if it, it was like if you're listening to East Coast rap or you're listening to some other shit. But would you yeah. say NWA like that 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 fucking era of wrestling was that some yeah. of? I mean, that was some of the realest shit out there. No, it's, so here's my thing, right? In Detroit, like we had, I never had cable, so we had like the the uhf channels and so on channel 50 on saturday morning you would get wwf superstars yes. and so one day i forget to turn the tv off and fucking nwa comes on which i didn't even know i got and it was like you know it was like wwf wwf was poison and then all of a sudden it was like slayer or something it was just like what the fuck is this yeah it was it just was it was high end it was high end art man people don't understand like this was some of the best monologues drama but it was so much grittier television. like wwf was this slick hair metal and this was fucking dirty floor fuck but but the wrestling was better the guys were realer and like you say, the, dude, the promos Flair could talk better shit. People from the South could talk shit. So they would talk mm. crazy shit and they would have this redneck background. So you have like a fat ass like Dusty Rose, but he would have the best chicks and the crowd would be going crazy for him. And it was always bloody. I remember the oh. cutting of the forehead and they would have these black and white magazine, wrestling magazines and how mm. the images looked so graphic and gnarly like if you were into horror movies or and we all were as kids like you go through a horror phase sure. or you go through this phase some people grow into it some people grow out of it i went through every i went went through a wrestling phase went through a horror phase a soldier of fortune phase numb chuck phase i did all that shit fuck man. yeah uh 
but uh but yeah yeah i grew up on uh rick flair and uh dusty rose and the american dream uh, i'm trying to think if i could do a good rick flair right now like <laughs> let me tell you something tony shivani well dude listen so my favorite thing ever and this is from that time period you may or may not remember it but yeah. there's a period where harley race puts a bounty on rick flair's head yeah. for like 10 grand or 15 grand or something and uh cowboy bob orton and dick slater they take the money and they fucking they beat the shit out of rick flair and put him out and so he's gone and he's at his house in a neck brace talking about i may have to retire from the greatest sport in the world i can't believe this i'm I, like every, the only thing i ever wanted to do in my life and now i'm fucked and then there's one of those saturday shows where those slater and fucking orton are in the ring and all of a sudden the crowd starts going apeshit because here comes flair still got the neck brace on but he's got it <laughs> Shit. He, he's got an aluminum bat that says skull right like the fucking yeah. tobacco on it oh just misses them just misses them they they fucking powder he gets up onto the stage where bob coddle is and he cuts a promo that will still bring a tear to my eye he is fucking flipping out he he rips off the neck brace he's like uh it's yeah a, yeah, yeah. It's, the Art. bigger the moment he would shine, and that, and the bigger the drama. If there was, any, even if it made him look bad, Ric Flair made it look intense. Even if it yeah. made him look like a loser, like yeah. Ric Flair would go that extra notch to make it just so entertaining. Yeah. Like, and, that, and I remember, <laughs> I remember like somebody was cheering. He was making fun of the girls, like even these ugly girls like me. He's like talking to yeah. the crowd. He's so obnoxious, so alpha male, like the most key, like, yeah, all these uh neck, all whatever you want to do. Nobody's fucking <laughs> player if you want to know like somebody yeah. that you just hated for being so pretty and so good, you know. Yeah. And he also he like, you know, he knew it was a show to the point where every time you saw him he would always do his signature stuff. He'd do the flip over the turnbuckle out on the floor. He the He'd take the backdrop. Yeah. He's like, they paid All to see Ric Flair. Road. I'm going to fucking, yeah. I'm not yeah, trying new shit tonight. Yeah. The walk, he had this strut. When he would do it, he'd do this strut. Yeah, Ric Flair mm -hmm. uh, may be one of the best entertainers of all time. Like in my yeah. book, I've been watching a lot of Jackie Gleason, a lot of mm -hmm. uh, Rodney Dangerfield, but mm -hmm. Ric Flair. He's up there. He's up there, dude. I'm talking Pacino. I'm talking fucking yeah. De Niro, Ric Flair. Yeah. You put him in a room with George C. Scott, man. It's <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we. So it was like about seven years ago. I. I'm when I first moved out here. Another comic you may remember, Tom Sibley. Mm -hmm. He was gonna start. He wanted to start a podcast with Matt, and Matt was like, "Well, I don't know what the fuck I'd even talk about every week," and. And then he was like, probably just wrestling, but I'm not going to do it without Vince, you know, because we were already sort of linked in our wrestling fandom. And so we just fucking we've just been doing it nonstop since. And it's we've been able to go to so many shows because of it, you know, go to WrestleMania in New York, go here, see this. It's been awesome, dude. Yeah, I love it, Vince. You've carved yourself out like you've literally gone towards your loves in life, which is so yeah. awesome. Like, uh, I just know, like. I know you love stand up, but I also know I have a I think you love hole in the wall bars. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You> kidding me? <laughs> you love what are they called? What's a hole in the wall? What are they it's called? It's a dive? dive bar. Yeah, you are a dive bar loving motherfucker. <laughs> like a pack of camel lights. No, I don't smoke. Bar. I never smoked a cigarette. 
Never but I, well, I used to, and I okay. know that I used to, and I know that vibe. I don't even mm-hmm. fuck with that vibe anymore. Yeah. But I know there's yeah. a beauty to a shitty ass dive bar. I was thinking about this because I don't, I don't even hang out that much. But the yeah. vibe. But I did hang out in bars growing up in D.C. and shit. Right. But uh, an ice cold bottled Budweiser and a pack of smokes mm-hmm. and music, a beer buzz with music. Yeah, like, oh my god. That yeah. first, like just when you're starting to get the buzz and you're kind of talking with your friends and then the music, I think that's what I always liked. And then a little bit of TV, there's a conversation going on over here. It's all warm. You look around and you're like, everybody's as drunk as I am. And then yeah. there's like a warm, there's like this warm feeling to it all. I think, yeah. And I think, I think sometimes people don't uh, like, cause I'm always like, I want, I want a dark bar. That's not very not very crowded you know so it's like i'm not looking for a party per se but i am looking for a vibe you know yeah you like the tv on in the bar um it doesn't always matter to me except that now having a tv on means it's probably like 60 inches or whatever and so it does sort of change it a little bit but but i'm not i'm not adverse to tv in the bar like some people are but but it just depends because i don't want a fucking um, a movie screen you know necessarily you are are you a sports dude I like sports. Yeah. 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 I'll, like I'll rock. You have a Detroit. Yeah. Uh, it's not the Lions. Tigers. Tigers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is a dope emblem, though. The Detroit Tigers has got a, that's a dope hat. I mean, the old English D. The D and the lettering, the font is done really. I'm a big, I like font. Mm-hmm. And that's a good font on that D. Yeah. Well, dude, and to your, to your point about me, it's like, um, the same thing I said when I was talking about, you know, doing bands and, and be, just want, want, trying to find a, uh, not having a regular job. That's uh, but I think that that's, it, it's like, it's obviously gotten me to an incredible place in my life. But I think when I was going real hard grinding on the standup, it hurt me because I didn't have, you know, I think you're, the idea is you're supposed to be like, well, I'm doing this cause I want to write a script or I want to tour the country or I want to do this or that. And I just never had that. But I just kept doing that because I like to do it. And then I would do podcasts or I would do a record or, um, you know, and the fact that I had done a label in this stuff put me in a position. My wife, you know, she has a gigantic podcast, My Favorite Murder. So yeah. once they started touring, I was able to become their tour manager and not because I was the husband, but because I had fucking I had tour managed, you know, yeah, so you've been in all these like, yeah, all these yeah, like, rock clubs, you know, the dingy scene, you know, there's going to be one guy that handles the money. The sound guy is going to be kind of high and a dick because the band <laughs> didn't make it. The bartender, you better be nice to and tip out because he's the one that knows what's going on. It's uh, but I just yeah, I like this morning I was talking to a buddy in Michigan. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to record this podcast. He's like, dude, you like you don't seem to stop like you're just every day you like you you're trying to do whatever you know and that's that's what you got to do man you got to you got to stay you after gotta it do. you got to lit you got to go i think you're doing everything right and you're right stand up is tricky i've been doing it 20 years in a row that's why the pandemic hasn't hit me because there was some years that i was like shit man i've been doing this so fucking long and grinding it in not the best situations, but I also been at the top of the mountain too. Like I toured with Tracy Morgan for the last year and a half and flew on the private jets and did the big shows and did that. But I've also grinded it out in New York and all these Mm -hmm. rooms and the club scene is so weird and tricky that it is a a mental fuck you, it'll fuck you up. Uh, And the thing about writing, 
I've been, th this pandemic has helped me with meditation and I've been listening to this uh, philosopher, Lao Tzu. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the book of the way and it's all pacifism. You know, it's pretty much like pure pacifism. And I've been doing these five Tibetan right stretches, these five Tibetan stretches every morning and uh, just getting in the present. Whereas stand up, you're always geared in the future. Yeah. And you're, and it's to the point of madness. And I know that place really well, but you don't have to ride it forever. And it's always there, you know, like once you figure out how to do stand up, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I, I can go back to it. So now I'm psyched to be doing this podcast. I've been having a blast. Thank you for everybody listening, watching and supporting this podcast, the Cannabis Coffee Hour. It's the stuff I like. I love coffee. I love weed. I love talking shit with cool people. Uh, so yeah, I'm going, I, oh, what I was, what my, what my head was getting at was I, I want to write a book. I want to do so there, you know, I have so many great goals and shit, but uh, the thing about writing, I wanted to talk about this with Dan Curry, but the thing about writing is you're not present. Like with writing, you're, you're, you are thinking other places. Like you're right. thinking, you're never really present. And I know being present is when kind of, the pressure drops, you know, as Toots the Maytails would say, pressure drop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that vibe when the pressure, I, that's where I live. I live in the pressure drop, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, so, so it's like, uh, withstand, like, like uh, my new thing is just, just being content. Like being content, being whole, filling the circle like then shit will come towards you. And I've been yeah. finding my way with that. Uh, and I, that's, th that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like one, if you're not content and, and happy and where you want to be at, it doesn't matter how far up you get on the mountain. You're still going to be in that same place. Yeah. It's still going to drive you crazy. Yeah. Right. You'll never, it'll never be enough. It'll never, never be this. It'll never be that. If, if yeah. you're not in the right space, it, it, it like you're thinking, that's the other thing I think, that you get tricked on is just like, oh, well, if I just get to here, you know, or if I, if I just am able to live here or, or if I you know, just had that, I would be doing this. Like, right. instead of being right. like, look at what I got. Right. Which and is the same. Like, oh, I can do a zoom with my boy Vince that, you know, he's done some cool shit. I'm sure the conversation is going to be dope, you know, instead yeah. of like, you know, instead of like paying 20,000s for an algorithm and trying to get your most famous, you know, just like all right. this easy shit. If you go towards what you dig, you know. And that's the thing too, dude. Like if you think about the shit you've done that you just did because you wanted to do it and you're like, maybe people will be into it. I know I'm into it. Those are the things that usually generate you know uh something for you whatever you whatever you register success as i feel like it's those things that you just do purely out of uh interest and want instead of being like well this is this seems like it's happening now should i try to do something like that you know that's yeah. the shit that don't it don't go like that you know yeah like a uh, part of me is like oh rob you got to work your social media 
But I really, yeah. I got this pack of notebooks, just, I got a stack, like 20 old notebooks. What I really want to do is just get high and go through these notebooks and put them into this one notebook. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the blessing and the, the curse. Coffee. But I am, I am going to do that. And guess what? I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I also am uh, writing, I, I, you know, I've done uh, two hip hop projects and I'm putting them together and they're not on Spotify. None of this material is on Spotify. So I have to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing now. And there is a record label that's talking to me and I want to do a couple new tracks for the joint, but uh, writing music like you wrote. Did you write all the lyrics for cross control? I did. But also, I'd be down to talk to you about if, if I can help in any way and getting that shit onto the streaming services. We'll talk about that after. But yeah, totally. Uh, I, I'm there's been picking everybody's brain. Yeah. And there's so many like everybody's complaining about showbiz, but showbiz like. It's just a different ball game, dude. It is just a different ball game. The it's blessing and the curse fun. of it is there is no one way. And yeah. that's that's the mind fuck when someone gets some success and then tries to tell you, well, this is how you do it because it's how I did it. It's like, no, because <laughs> every day someone else wakes up and figures out a different way. And that, the thing is, that's why you never quit because there there's so many ways and so many things to do that you don't need to fucking involve yourself in the bullshit but anyway yeah no but you're right man it's uh because everything is always constantly changing because you think oh my situation sucks now but what i'm learning is just to sit still and let the uh if you sit still long enough you could get to your real self your true self your more natural self and make decisions from there yeah society and music especially the news right now it's fucking hard with all the political stuff and everything it's like it's hard to even get to a point where your mind can settle, but that's yeah. where it's all at. It's it's a fine line be, between remaining informed and not being infected, right? Yeah. Where you're just like, I know what's going on, but I don't have to spend like I, I can I can allow myself 15 minutes right now to go to the places I trust so that I at least know what's happening, but then I got to get out. You know, like yeah, I'll just go down and down and then <laughs> and then that what they say is like uh, you can either see, you know, Led Zeppelin's been talking about this a lot. And I, I just think I got to it. It is like there is what there is and what there will be. Yeah, there's nothing else. Yeah, so there is what there is right now. And there's going to yeah. be what there's going to be. But yeah. really, the rest is just bullshit. You know, it's all yeah. manifestations. I guess what I'm talking about, like, you could be dream, like you watch a bunch of Trump shit and then you dream about fighting with your other Trumpy friend that was giving you something on social media. And then you all of a sudden you have this whole manifestation scenario going on mm-hmm. in your head and you're doing that for two hours when you could have just been making some music or making Dude. some silly <laughs> or doing some shit. I feel like you're talking about this is this is crazy, but yeah, there okay. there is there is a cross control song called Imaginary Conflict that's exactly about that. When you have uh, these fucking night. knockdown drag out battles in your mind that are for nothing, they for they nothing. serve nothing. And the I think the the place that that I always try to get to, which is is a very difficult place, is only worrying about the shit you can control. Yeah, you know, but that's like it's that's a fucking hard thing to do. But that's like that's that's the place I aspire to be. You know, that's the place I aspire to be. I've been doing my breathing, and I know I can control that. So I've been into that. 
and yeah. you can control your reactions. And as you get older and what I'm learning, like it, I do have a temper and I'll pop off and it's never gotten me anywhere. <laughs> it's, only, <laughs> it's only set me back. Yeah. So uh, I am a chill dude, but yeah, just how I react to shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, not panicking, not freaking out, not going negative, not going jealous right away. Like learning just to, I guess, to observe and not put yourself in it. Right. You know, just right. to watch it. Yeah. And that, that's that's the other phenomenon of stand up that always blew me out is like it's such a singular thing. And the singular part is what drew me to it. But then once you're there, everyone couldn't be more concerned about everyone else, even though it's never about anybody but you, you know? Yeah. It's just it the nature the most, of the beast. Yeah, it is weird. It's a it's a really trippy thing, stand up comedy. And I do love it. But what I'm learning in life as you get older, if you live in your head too long, it's gonna go wrong, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah, gotta yeah. sit on the porch and spit yeah. some watermelon seeds, uh, man. You open the blinds at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to close the blinds a little bit, man. Uh, but when you write lyrics, because I've written lyrics and I am meticulous. I'm not freestyle. I can't, I mean, I can freestyle. I think that's a muscle, an improv muscle, but I was never really an improv cat to begin with. I do like the isolation of sitting in a room by myself and writing words out and playing with words. Is that what you do with writing lyrics? Like, let's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so what, typically will happen is you know we we would get we get together and we play and so as as the 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 guitar and the bass and the drums are coming together i sort of begin to just make uh noises not actual words you know to kind of figure out like how it should sound yes and then i sort of go back and i look at you know what what i want to say and i then try to fill those those noises with words you know um but i think in hardcore too at least for me there are sort of like you know tropes and topics that are sort of always covered and while i don't want to like be the hardcore band that's uh you know completely out of left field talking about nothing i i do try to like tend to stay a little more personal and not not do the like you stab me in the back or <laughs> like you know, fuck, like very, very, like over the head, like. How fun is it to talk punk rock with Dan Curry? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, me and DC, we chop it up every once in a while. Because, yeah. I remember talking to him because he talks about hardcore music and I can talk about it. I never was in a hardcore band, but I knew minor threat. I grew up in DC. I knew oh, yeah. Friend. Discord. Yeah. I, I know my friend Nico dated Ian McKay's, uh sister. Like, uh, I wow. remember. My, I was born in 72, so my older brother was six, like, those are all those kids. And mm -hmm. I know that neighborhood they're from. I'm from Capitol Hill, which is a little bit more black of a neighborhood. We were more into hip hop and go-go, but yeah. parents read books too. It's a weird, it was a weird, yeah. and it's, it, DC is not big money. So it's all like government. So it's like middle-class, not much to do, but yeah, that, that whole Fugazi and minor threat uh yeah i i remember all that shit kind of popping off and dude uh, how good is gogo -Go? and gogo is the best music on earth man Go -Go i can't is, uh, from outer space man Go -Go and i can't believe that that is gogo -Go is a music from washington dc it is like a 
a creation oh, of that place. On, uh, on Spotify, and I got some go, go. I got this song called Exodus by War, Exodus. It is the most trippy, like 20 minute go-go jam. And they're doing space sounds over, knee, but if they're just in a, it, uh, go-go, if anybody knows, is like five percussion drummers. It's a funky groove. It's not a boom bat beat. It's a boom, boom. It's like a whole other African fucking, it's, it's, it's but it's a, a specific beat, right? Go go is it, like it's a, a regular, specific. like a hip hop beat is this. Go go beats just like. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's yeah, it's its own thing. But and yeah. also amazing that like, you know, the reason I know about Go Go is because of like Discord and Minor Thread and, and Ian McKay because those guys, they they would play shows together. And they you learned know? a lot from them because go-go music never went beyond like, but they created their own scene and they had night. It was yeah. like the stand-up scene. Like they had nightly nights. Every week was this band at this place. This band is this place. And they made real money. They put out tapes. People would play them in their cars. Everybody was into it. And it was kind of like jam band music. It was a great to get great to have a little bit of a buzz at night in DC and listen to go-go music is one of the best fucking things to, I mean, it's just a, it's just a cool, unique, cooler than hip hop sound, but, uh, but in the morning it could be kind of rough. <laughs> it, time and place, man. Fallon, he talked about how a go-go could be obnoxious. Do you know the band Clutch? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. He was on the podcast. I got him on the podcast and I talked to him about go-go music, but he had a funny, like, you can't listen to go-go in the morning. <laughs> Clutch, Clutch is amazing to me because, you know, that was that band has been six different bands. And that's like that's total respect to me that like like I'm talking about. They're like, we want to do something else now. We want to try this. And it's like, even though they have all these people who are like, I like Clutch, Clutch is this. They're like, well, we, we can't fucking stay in this box for you. We got to do what we got to do, you know. And so Clutch is like had some of their records just sound completely different than any other, you know. That, that's always evolving and yeah, yeah. I, and how much he cranks out like it's just hard work man those guys uh stuck it together and to keep a band that together that long mm -hmm. is crazy um but yeah that's one of those american and they come from yeah the hardcore scene that you guys came from yeah they i mean i remember clutch coming through and playing like there was a this place called the grounds coffee house that was on uh university of detroit's campus and that for a long for a little period of time that was the spot where all the shows happened like yeah. that and one other place and i remember clutch came and played you know one of the shows there and then the next thing you know clutch is like this whole other thing you know like on a whole other level but that's, did that's you ever live in Detroit? Like when you were running the label, did you have your own apartment or were you at your parents' place? Were you a young adult or were you just some, you're at, at your parents' place kind of putting some, but, but running a label, like you got to file shit. You got to get a lawyer. You got to, you got to. No, just not, not in those days of hardcore, man. It's so, so funny because when I came back to it, things had changed so drastically because in those days, especially in hardcore, right? Like I, so first of all, I graduated high school and went to college. So I never lived at home when I did the label. I was either in my dorm room like Rick Rubin or I had a, a, a house off off campus or apartment or whatever. But but in those days, like, you know, if you got if you put something out and you got a good review in Maximum Rock and Roll or some other bigger zine, that just meant it was going to be good, popular. And then you could sell, you know, maybe a thousand or two thousand copies or something. And 
and there was no if you had samples on there like it was so underground there was no barcode on it like so there wasn't any concern of like in fact like one of the records i put out i did the first run of it and then i had a you know a falling out with the band itself and they you know this was the closest it got to like they were like we want to take it to this other label i'm like okay uh they're like give us the plates and i'm like well what I do know litigiously is that I paid for the recording. So those, the, those recordings are mine. The songs are yours, but the recordings are mine. So you, you either got to re-record the song and ultimately I gave them the plates, but it was like, that's the, the closest that ever came to, to being a thing where it's like, what's yeah, going to yeah, go down. Yeah, look, but, it's all about the masters. Like uh, it's crazy. Bob Dylan just sold 300 million for all of his masters. And that's what I love about podcasting and putting out this music project. And I've been living off a lot of royalties for my stand-up albums, like mm. making money at in your sleep. That's mm. the gig. And you can do that with music. Ian McKay became a millionaire just from getting the royalties of, you know, maybe a band that lasted three years in DC, but wanted to go on Discord, but he treated them fairly. But he right. made sure all the paperwork was done and, you know, he had... What are, was it? BA, what are all those things? BAM? What's the rights joints? Oh, the uh, um, uh, like ASCAP and all that yeah, stuff. ASCAP, the, you got to get your sound exchange and you got to get yeah. your ASCAP in together. Well, so you know what's funny is the ASCAP up where you sound exchanged up. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, did you get your 10 cents? I heard, I heard um, Ian talking about, you know, he found out that like every Sunday at um, RFK or whatever, they're playing waiting room or one of the fugazi songs like during the redskins games yeah so he called ascap and they effectively were like you're not really big enough for us to worry about like basically they're they're doing something they should be paying you for but we don't fucking care kind of thing like he he just got like brushed off it's like if it's not you know uh gary glitter then yeah, then yeah, yeah. why are you calling not, us uh, you know like we will rock you <laughs> right yeah but did he? I bet he ended up getting it. He doesn't seem like a dude that fucks around. Right. No. I mean, the other story is when um, Didn't you know, he there's the old, Nike too tried to. That, that's what I was gonna say. There's there's a uh, that that cover of his brother on the steps with his head down from the one minor threat, and Nike skate used it in something. But but that he called him up and he was like, you know, this is fucked up. And but what he wanted was balls and equipment for dc schools he didn't want money from them and so they were like uh we gotta call you back like we don't even know how to how to like how to do this you know yeah it's a big multi-million dollar corporation and he's asking for charity work yeah yeah he's like i don't i don't want to i don't want to check from you for this i just want you to do this you know so it was like a whole thing i guess but that's dope man that is dope but but as things change and you know uh you know, it's just like it, the rights to music is very powerful. You know, if yeah. you get one song into fucking uh, into a commercial or like, dude, what did the white, uh, the Black Keys just cleaned up? Like they just, sure. that album, and then they just sold the rights to every song to the top. Yeah. And I don't see anything really that bad about it because you gotta, yeah. as I've been in showbiz long enough, you're lucky if you got the heat, you know, yeah. you're lucky. You're fucking lucky if you if it's if especially as a musician if you get to play music for the rest of your life yeah like that's a gift you know well I, and I do think I, I mean since I've been doing some more comedy records I, I mean uh, sound exchange because I, when I came into that from music I was like oh holy shit like the sound exchange thing is like how 
a lot of comics, not a lot, but some comics I know, like make most of their nut because no, they actually yeah, fucking take care of people in for a good three years. And I was with a label and the label folded and they gave me the rights. And then some road comic told me to sign up for sound exchange and I did it. And mm -hmm. then it was three years later, but all of a sudden I got like a 10 grand, like it was like not, it was, it wasn't crazy, crazy money, but it was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah, I, I know right. a lot of people that went that route, but now but if you can, like when you, when you get your record out at first, if you fucking, you know, make sure you go through those channels so that Sirius has it and is going to play it that, yeah, it's like, but it's amazing to me that because I feel like musically, those things exist but for whatever reason you're you like with comedy i think if you have enough bits stacked up at least for a bit when or for a little while when your record comes out you can make some good money you know yeah. whereas with music the streams oddly enough apple pays better than spotify but it's nowhere close you know it's like you're getting pennies on the fucking dollar that's what i'm hearing is like and yeah i got a cousin my second my cousin had a kid but she is a singer songwriter in nashville and awesome she's from charlottesville virginia mm -hmm. and she and i looked at her spotify and i didn't know she was blowing up but she had a song over a million you know and yeah. I was like, holy shit but then she was writing a blog complaining about how little money she got from that of one million streams like you know she's just like 28 or 26 or whatever it's still She's not out of the fucking. She's still got a grind, you know. No, I mean Spotify is it's that 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 they're pure evil as far as paying people for their art. Like it's their Spotify is not a great place to do that. But yeah, the whole thing, I was talking to another cat, uh, Mookie Thompson. You should talk talk meet with him because he plays drums in hardcore bands and he, he he's putting out like I think a hardcore project. And we did a we did a short film project called PMA which is all, you know, bad brains, positive mental sure. health, which I'm a hundred percent about. Hell yeah. Uh, but, uh, but he was, we were talking about hip hop now, dude, you know what you do in hip hop now? Like you literally just make a video and then you pay world star five grand. It's just five grand. Okay. And then they put it up and it goes boom. Like it can go boom, but that's what they're all doing. It's like payola. Wow. It's like, so it's, it's five grand for the opportunity. And maybe it goes boom or maybe it doesn't, but you got to do it to, to have a yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, that's like being on Hot 97 back in the day. Wow. But it just takes cash. Like back in the day, you needed some A&R dudes giving people blow. You needed yeah. some, you needed to know. But now it's just like, I will Venmo you five grand yeah. and you put my video on MTV for, it's pretty much MTV for yeah. if you want to do it. For now, the audience that you're trying it. to reach. I don't like seeing violence. I don't like seeing fights. I don't like seeing other people suffer. I've never been into that jackass type of comp. I like I I respect some of it, but when you start fucking with people's bubble, and I know how yeah. sensitive mentally people are, like yeah. you, you 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 might mess even, with yeah. even fail videos. Like uh, you know, I don't I don't even just see anybody like slip on the ice. It's just no. not. It doesn't doesn't bring me any <laughs> any it's entertainment or joy. Down. I guess. Sometimes if I see a friend bust his ass and I know he's all right, it's funny. Yeah. Right. But, but, but I don't need to watch a TV of people like, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Just like that dude might have fucking had a brain aneurysm from that punch. Um, I don't want to see that shit. No. Uh, that's wild, man. That I mean, yeah, because it is it's 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 tantamount to like paying the radio station to 
to play your song. It's it's so weird. But yeah, because the whole game is just, and I think Drake figured it out. And I think, but it's also cool, like music production. Like I've been making beats. It's just like it's fascinating what you can do these days from your fucking bedroom, dude. For real, for yeah. real, yeah. And uh, and 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 more than that, it's like you could always maybe have your little four track, but then all you got to tape that you either got, you know, it's like now you can, I, I could make a song right now and, and just put it out to the world essentially, you know, in, in next, in the next hour, you know, it's I know. craziness. And you had to be so organized and so diligent back in the day and get a band together and get along and have a place to rehearse. And now the dude that makes the beats for the big group, the weekend does it on his iPhone. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm old man winter over here, dude. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fucking... but I believe art is just vibe. So you can have the best. I kind of like that. I think that's punk rock. If you're making beats on your phone and fucking making big ass sounding beats and making it for mainstream, I think that's punk rock as shit. I think real. Uh, what punk rock and hardcore taught me, it's not the most beautiful music in the world, you know, but it has right. an aesthetic and awesome, but it definitely teaches you to be like, you don't have to be perfect and work with what you've got and just, it's more about the energy. It's yeah. more about the energy. So if the energy is right and the timing yeah. is there, like you can make anything sound funky. And, funky. And, and it is that thing too, though, where, where you know, um, different people are going to be drawn to it for different reasons. You know, I've never, I've never understood the, the people who came to punk or hardcore because it's like, well, this just means I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I can just punch you in the face or I can fucking, because that's what, that's what it is where it's like, I come to it from a place of like, yeah, it is. You can do what you want, but that's the, that's the special part. And that's, you, you're supposed to use it for the powers of good. You're supposed to, you know, create something positive out of it because there is a lot of like, there is some some meatheadism or there is, you know, just differing some opinions of energy. what it is. Oh, everything's got dark energy. Everything's yeah. even hippies. You ever met some evil hippies? There's evil <laughs> no. hippies out there, dude. You go up to Humboldt, man. Have you seen Murder Mountain? Shit goes no. down. These guys are listening to Pink Floyd all day and they'll cut your cat open. And oh, my God. Uh, oh my no, God. No, but uh hardcore music, yeah, there is like there is that chaos, but it is, it is a working man. It's, it's like, it's almost like militia music because <laughs> you wow. just got to grab and go. But sure. um, I believe in rebellion. I read this book called Must You Conform really early on. And I think rebellion is about, uh, is about evolution. It's just how like white blood cell, like the whole fucking thing, but there's good rebellion and then there's bad rebellion, you know? So bad rebellion is blowing shit up, making fun, you know, being mean, but good rebellion is making some sounds that nobody else is doing, maybe talking some stuff that nobody else is talking and putting it in a format, you know, that you think is cool is yeah. like good rebellion. Yeah. Get, getting, uh, getting sporting good equipment for the schools instead of taking a check, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Uh, yeah, where do you land politically? Like politically, I've been trying not to be political on this podcast, yeah. and I don't want to talk about it, and I don't want to go there. But the one thing I like about Democrats, I mean, I, I would say I'm a Democrat. My dad was a hardcore Democrat. Maybe that's why I am that way. That's why I don't judge the Trumpers. I try not, try not to have a versus mentality mm -hmm. going forward. Yeah. Because good people do bad shit bad people do good shit it's just fucking the gig 
But yeah, when yeah. I look at Democrats, I do like funding public schools so they have some music instruments and yeah. so they have science class. And I do like the Democrats because you know, uh, you're funding schools you're, and healthcare. I think people should have healthcare. That, so that's my basic fucking reason for being down with them anyway, is because I think weed should be legal and they've always been more lenient than the Republican party, even though I think both of them don't give a fuck and the money's right on the table and they're dumb if they don't make a move for it. But uh, I guess just like, dude, I just think schools and I think music is important and because people are creative, they're creative minds out there. And if they don't have it, I've seen people destroy themselves, you know, if they haven't learned how to deal with their creative mind. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I generally I generally want what's best. And I I yeah, I it, it's you know, I would say out of necessity, I am I am a Democrat. But um, like you say, there's dark energy in everything. And so obviously the Democrats are not clean, but it is closer to where I would like to be you know i don't need nazis marching in shots <laughs> that didn't that no. didn't that never happened when i was coming up so when i saw that i was like man yeah. this is fucking whack. and am- you know what's funny man i always thought if we had like because the republicans and democrats for so long i thought they're oh they're so similar so similar i was like if somebody came along and was like fucking super right-wing crazy it would sort of shift and realign things but instead, it, well, I mean, to to a left lean, I thought, you know, like once people are like, holy shit, then it would be like, OK, here's who are who we are and who we're not. And instead, it's sort of I mean, again, it's one of those things where you're looking at the Internet. So who knows completely what the real data is? But it feels like when that happened, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, that's that's closer to where we should be fucking goose stepping in the street. And you're like, oh, no, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I know, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's, but I do believe in humanity and I do believe people are good and I do love life and I'm lucky. Yeah. I just try not to buy into it all. And yeah. It bums me out that everybody's so split right now. Yeah. And going forward, like it sucks. It just sucks. But I guess there's important issues people got to fucking deal with. But with hardcore music, I will say just to switch up thing, I did read an article that they said aggressive, like loud guitars is good for your brain. Oh, I think there's something that goes on there. Like you're doing something that's good for your brain. You listening to that music and then writing lyrics and writing that beat. That's what I wanted to talk about. Like when you say you shout sounds, you're pretty much when you do music, you listen to a beat or vibration and you try to add something that fits in there that makes sense. Yeah, because the thing is, it's not I'm obviously not um, creating a melody per se, right? I'm just adding another beat or or tone, right? So so it is like like what's yeah, how how should what's the cadence? What's the inflection or or yeah, so it is essentially it is a beat. Yeah, yeah. then are sorting out. So then you have to figure out, you know, if like what what you're able to say within the confines of that beat you know yeah um but uh that's 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 the process and sometimes i feel like just like anything else you know i'm doing my homework right up till you know like it's like damn you've had we've been working on these songs for six months and we're we're going to the studio tomorrow why are you still (laughs) 
still working on this last song or whatever but that's just that's just the nature of uh of of homework sometimes or whatever it yeah, is I guess. But. no i totally get what you're saying because i've written raps i sit down but i can tell it yeah i got the page filled but i can tell it's fucking whack like i can tell it's not right i, I can tell it needs to get reworked like yeah. i'm like this thing needs to get these. There's like five or seven things that just sit awkward in the track, and I need to fucking like comb it out and comb it out and comb it out until it sits in there. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it, 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 yeah, create. But the same thing with scripts. Like you could shit something out, but then you look at it a year later, like man, I, you know, with writing, writing just is just a long ass process, you know. Right, but there is a value to shitting it out because the then you've by shitting it out you have at least you have put it out and so now you're able to have it and and you know what i mean like yeah, there's a value is, to not hold it what it is but now you made you manifested the next what is before right. you didn't create it there was nothing so at least you made it what it is and then it needs to get refined and i think that's what everything's like realignment that's what i've found in life as i get older is like Oh, I didn't have it right, but if I just tweak it a little bit here, if I just, you know, and I, you know, if I just mm -hmm. keep on realigning <laughs> everything, then yep. run smooth. And you can tell when the shit is smooth. You can tell when it's done. That's yep. something I've gotten good. Are you good with letting go of it? Like you're like, oh, that's it. You know yes, what I'm saying? I am. But but the other thing about at least music is that once it's laid down, short of you being like, this is, I I I must go back and and do the vocals again like but but generally you know because sometimes i've said this that's before true. that's true sometimes the equipment isn't good or the engineers sucked and it's tinny but i would say everybody check out cross control you guys i mean the sound quality i mean just everything just fucking if this was a car it's a lean <laughs> mean fucking muscle car shined up waxed out with a fucking with the trill and the frill maybe a firebird on the fucking hood uh, but I will say to, to that last point, sometimes a deadline is better than money. You know, yeah. sometimes having an endpoint that's like you you're working toward is having that as as your um, uh, you know the thing that drives you is 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 very valuable. It is bad. I do that with acting. I'm trying to act more, and I'm going out on auditions. But you know, I was never a drama kid. Mm -hmm. So, but I will know like, oh, I gotta turn this shit next week. Like. There comes that day before, like oh, I'll make a character right now. You know, I'm Mr. <laughs> Hand Dude. You know, but sometimes that's just the funniest thing. That's the only thing. Like one time, I sold something to Howard Stern. This is true. And I, dude, it was like ten ideas, and it was for a web series. And I laid into the first three. The first three, I literally like sweat. I said, "This is fucking Shakespeare." And my last idea was like fake lotto ticket, like just a dumb fucking idea. And I did it 10 seconds right before I turned it in. Guess, guess which one they bought. <laughs> the fake um, lotto ticket for like, you know, 2000. It was like 2000. It was like two G's. It made my rent that month. Like, but it was yeah. like a bullshit throwaway, you know? Right. Yeah. That's the thing. You Sometimes you just got, you don't know. So you just, just, you just got to fucking put it out. You got to do it. You got to try. And cause you don't know. Oh, that's don't the truth. Know. Uh, Vince Averill, thank you so much for being on the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I loved catching up with you. You got great wallpaper. You got a great album. You got a great <laughs> podcast. You got a great vibe. I love you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. This was super fun. 
And uh, for real, get at me uh, about uh, getting your shit streaming. I'm, I'm happy to try to give you some ideas or help you in any way. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk after. I'm going to put the uh, stop button here and then we'll catch up in a second. All, All right. right. Peace out, everybody. Be good. Be good.